Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. It really does. It really sounds dumb, and it sounds, 
you know, kind of opposite of what the design is and what the reason is we use this particular form of quote-unquote dating or the beginning, you know, of their dating process. So, uh, go away, go away, go away. Well, the highlight of our morning. We had our pastor Jeff Burns on with us, and we had a wonderful presentation, praying for my wife's needs. Now, this is the first time we've had, you know, a male on to discuss praying for his wife. You know, we've had our ladies on before, you know, praying for my husband's you know, mind and finances, but Pastor Jeff really nailed it yesterday as we talked about praying, you know, for your wife's needs, and we talked about her need of attention. Yeah. You know, we can't just assume that, you know, she doesn't need attention, especially when she's making sure that the children are, you know, tended to and the house is tended to and husband is tended to and, you know, and first ladies, you know, they have to tend to, you know, others in the church and things like that. And, you know, after a while, you kind of feel as though, you know, you're kind of lost in the thought, you know, and, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, they feel that, you know, their need of attention is being paid attention to. Well, what about that need of honesty and openness? Now, Pastor Jeff took this from a nice perspective yesterday, you know, opposed to us talking about our men, you know, who lie and who, you know, are deceptive. He, You know, he took it from a matter of, you know, well, listen, I'm being open and honest. And, you know, some people may not think so when I shield her from knowing certain things. And, you know, I have this situation that's brewing, and I need to make sure that, you know, she's covered where she's not, you know, worrying about matters and, you know, especially if I've got it taken care of. And I happen to agree. You know, I do feel that, you know, everybody doesn't need to know everything. You know, sometimes wives need to just go ahead and take care of some things instead of, you know, worrying their husband. And it's not that, you know, they're not being open and honest. But as Pastor Jeff said yesterday, you know, you may want to just handle something, especially if, especially if your wife is the type, you know, who might be a little worry ward or, you know, someone who kind of things are, are escalated, you know, in their head or in their, you know, heart. You don't want to bring that to them. So I really did like the angle in which uh, Pastor Jeff came from yesterday, you know, with that particular point. We talked about, you know, the... Uh, the need of having that, you know, security. And, you know, he talked about just being the covering 
you know, over his wife, you know, to protect her. And, you know, protecting her, you know, comes in many different shapes, forms, and fashions. You know, but that protector, that one who's going to, you know, protect her from being harmed, you know, is is really something that a woman needs. So he really did a fantastic job yesterday. Fantastic. Fantastic job yesterday. And uh, he represented. He represented well. He represented well. Well, we could not finish a switch tip moaning. Ah, did you hear the way I put a little spin on that thing? <laughs> Monday mornings would not be the same if we did not get our switch tip. Yes, our switch tip morning with Shanties. Don't reintroduce yourself to it. Now, you know, when Shanties gave the title of her switch tip, that's the first place my head went to is where her head went to. You know, it's like a dog going back to its own vomit. You know, if God pulls you away from it and God takes your attention away from it, and if God removes you from the situation or a habit or, you know, something that you really have no business being around, then why? Why why are we going back to that thing? You know, God didn't pull us away from it for nothing. You know, you have to keep yourself covered. Yeah, you have to cover you. You can cover you. Protect yourself. You know, protect yourself. Protect your heart. Protect your mind. You know, protect your being from, you know, all of the elements that really mean you no good. You know, sometimes we have to stay away from family. As much as we love these people in our lives, sometimes we really got to stay away from, you know, our family members just because they really don't mean us any good. I've seen very toxic, toxic family. I used to watch, you know, two cousins. You know, one was older than the other, and the younger would do just like crazy things. And, you know, one day I asked the other one, the older one, I said, well, while, you know, they were out there doing all this madness, you were right there. What did you do? And they were like, well, I kind of fell into the melee. And I'm like, seriously? I said, first of all, it felt comfortable for you to even be doing that. And number two, you didn't have a single word of sound counsel for that person. And you right there, and you don't agree, that they, but you know we got to stick together because we family. That's toxic. That's toxic. You know, when you hang together and you do things just because, just because, you know, you're family. And I'm sorry. 
I might love my family and all, but I'm not doing anything that is unsafe. I'm not doing anything that would put myself or others in danger just to hang with you. So, you know, don't 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 go back to people, places and things that really mean you no good. You know, take God's blessing of, you know, just hovering and run. Run, run, and don't look back. All righty? All righty. Well, that's how we spent our Monday morning. Well, today is Let's Talk About a Tuesday Church Folk Day. And I got to tell you, I, I really hunted and hunted and I hunted. I even got some stuff sent to me. I just didn't find anything that really, really, really grabbed my attention. But, you know, you never know. Maybe on the, you know, recap of uh, going through it today, it might hit me a little differently. So, we'll see. So, in the interim, go get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's due time where Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. If you think dangerous blood clots can't happen to you, think again. Up to 900,000 men, women, and children are affected by blood clots each year, and about 100,000 die from them. Blood clots don't discriminate. You or a loved one could be at risk right now. The good news is blood clots can be prevented. Knowing the risks and symptoms are key. Major risks for blood clots include a family or personal history of blood clots, a recent hospitalization or surgery, pregnancy and cancer and its treatments. Symptoms of a blood clot in the legs or arms can include pain, swelling and skin that is warm to the touch, red or discolored. Symptoms of blood clots in the lungs include difficulty breathing, chest pain that worsens with a deep breath or a cough, coughing up blood and a faster than normal or irregular heartbeat. Speak with a doctor about your risk for blood clots and seek medical attention if you have any symptoms. On average, one person in the United States dies of a blood clot every six minutes. Don't let that be you or someone you know. Stop the clot. Spread the word. Learn more at stoptheclot.org slash spread the word. Lord's Supper this evening. Oh, you know what 
an auspicious occasion, you know, the commemorating of Christ's death. And, you know, somebody might say, hey, you know, how are you commemorating somebody's death? Well, we're not celebrating how he died. We're celebrating the fact that this, this holy being actually came down in human form, was subjected to the cruelty and the hatred of man, beaten, suffered, led, died for a lowly person such as myself. And we weren't even thought of on this earth at the time. But Jesus had us in mind and was celebrating the fact that you know, after he was put on that cross, after he gave up his life, he was put in the tomb, and after three days and three nights, he rose again. And that's why we are here today. Really, that's why we're here today. Given another chance. Over and over and over and over again How many times have we apologized to God And told him we weren't going to do that thing no more And how sorry we were And we just a mess I mean just a mess, 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 mess And he thought about us Still begging God for Stephanie that's why I'm here, because of Jesus. So, you know, tonight is the night we gather and just, you know, eat of his body, drink of his blood. Amazing, an amazing, 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 humbling experience humbling experience so giving God thanks for him sending his son really 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 a loving God that would send his only son to go through all of this for us so you know tonight is the night the evening rather and uh You know, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. The fact that God even (laughs) deemed me worthy is amazing. Is amazing. So, welcome, 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 and welcome back. So, what are we talking about today? Like I said a little while ago, I didn't I couldn't find anything that really just jumped out at me. 
you know, there's this disturbing, you know, listener-submitted story out in St. Petersburg, Florida. There was a missing two-year-old boy whose mother was found murdered in her home and they found this little two-year-old they found him murdered as well and you have this this the, the father the father uh to this little boy who is in custody and arrested on suspicion of both these murders so little Thailand's body are you ready was found in the mouth of an alligator in a recreation area last week <clears throat> excuse me they have been searching for the little boy when they spotted the alligator with an object in its mouth now can you imagine so wherever this kid was murdered and left, an alligator actually got to it. And they ended up firing at the alligator. And the alligator dropped the little boy out of his mouth. And, you know, thank God they were able to retrieve his little body intact. So the boy's father, Thomas Mosley, 21 years old, 21, has been charged with two counts of first-degree murder in the deaths of Thailand, as well as his mother, who is 20 years old. So that means that she been dealing with this creep for at least two years. So they're saying they really didn't know how little Thailand was murdered. But the mother, they found her and she had been stabbed, they say, over 100 times. Now, you know, they talk about the fact that, you know, um, you know when there's a murder like a stabbing, that they always say that's real personal. And, you know, to think, to think that this woman was stabbed over a hundred times, that means this thing been going on. This, this just didn't get started. You don't just wake up one day and you just stab somebody over and over and over and over again. Now, here's the thing. When I looked at this and I saw that it was a woman who was 20 years old and she was murdered at the hands of her child's father, who's two, that means she'd been dealing with this boy since she was a teenager. So you spent your teen years being abused, and then subsequently being murdered. 
he's been abusing her all along. He has not been, you know, a good boy. He's not been somebody nice. Just amazing. 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 And I just felt so sorry. You know, so sorry for the two of them. Um, They said that the two of them had just moved into that uh, apartment complex just uh, a month ago. So, here we go. Here we go. You know, lives, two lives, two lives taken so heinously. And what, what do you have? What do you have? Another 21-year-old who has just given up his life. Because he's never going to come out of jail. He took two lives. And they probably going to give him two life sentences. So, I don't understand what it is about people who just give their life away for these senseless murders. You're so out of control, you don't even care. You don't even care that you, you know, could possibly spend the rest of your life in prison you know, we've talked to the men about this on Fridays, and, you know, we ask the question, what is it that you just can't walk off? What is it? What is it that you just can't walk off? If it's not working, just go. Just go. Leave. You know, oh, it's not that easy. Well, it, it would have been easier to live, leave than to spend the rest of your life in prison. So, just, you know, be grateful, you know, that, and I know the family is grateful because they have, you know, the little boy's body because, you know, who knows whether she's going to be able to be, you know, have an open casket, if you will. You don't know what kind of damage is done to the body, the face. You don't have any idea. You have no idea, you know, what exactly the condition of the body is like and, and even if they're able to have, you know, an open coffin, you know, funeral. It's bad enough that they're burying this 20-year-old 20, 20 girl and her son. But, you know, please, you know, we talk about this here all the time. Get out. Get out, get out, and get out. Get out. What else are we talking about today? I don't know, just not a... I got this other story that is really, 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 really crazy. Really crazy. But before I go there, <laughs> there's this, there's this woman, and you know we talked last week about this woman in the police department out in Michigan. Well, we got one here in New York who has been on the police force, 
and they had given her a promotion. Yes, she was a sergeant, and she was supposed to get a bump up to a sergeant supervisor of the detective squad, and they ended up pulling her promotion. Yeah, they rescinded the promotion, and they say that, you know, she would have been bumped to a yearly salary of 120000 plus, and, I mean, not a huge bump for her because they say, you know, it was only like $2,000 more dollars. You would think that they would give her more than, or him or whoever, more than $2,000 to be supervisor because I'm sure you're going to come up with a whole lot more responsibility. And they say that, you know, it's not unusual for the promotion list to shift. And here's, here's what makes this one interesting. So <laughs> she's on the list to get a, you know, a bump. And they end up finding out that back in 2018, she had an incident, and she's now being sued. So the incident says that she allegedly lost it on a fellow detective after he complained about her habit of leaving her underwear around in the unisex locker room in in the Brooklyn Station House. And she got tired of him complaining about, you know, this thing here. And they say in a fit of rage, she retrieved her soiled underwear and violently shoved them into his mouth and then aggressively rubbed them all over his face. That's what he, yeah, that's what he put in his allegation in his uh, lawsuit. And they say the sexually charged and violent gender-motivated assault left him traumatized and in shock. And he says that when she was rubbing it in his face, the underwear, and remember they're supposed to be soiled. That's what he claims. She says, see, they're blankety-blank clean. So they say that because of the fact that she's intertwined in this lawsuit that they got to pull back <laughs> the offer of making her a sergeant. And, you know, she's not saying much except for, you know, she's hopeful that the department realizes its error and reinstates her hard-earned, well-deserved promotion. 
And I'm wondering if, you know, you all believe that she should get this promotion or not. So, again, you know, you have this this issue of her sharing the locker room with the men. Now, they don't say, you know, how many other women are actually sharing this locker room, but it is a unisex locker room, and she was consistently leaving her underwear behind, around, out, however you want to put it. And this other, you know, detective got tired of it, and that's how she responded. Now, since then, they've given her the promotion, and then I don't think she's actually had a chance to function in this role, but they definitely pulled it off the table. She was told she got it, and like they said, she was just about to get that dollar, dollar bump, y'all, and it was like, uh, no, no, no we're sorry. We, we're not going to do this today. Ah, we're not going to do this today. So, you know, should it matter, you know, that back in 2018, so you're talking about what, five years ago? You know, are we going to say that five years ago, you know, she may have been a different person back then? You know, what is her, is there a time period in which this promotion is kind of gauged around? Um, you know, what are we, what are we talking about here? Should it even matter? Should something that happened back in 2018 even matter? And is it only coming up now because the lawsuit is hot? Because, you know, it always takes a while for these lawsuits to actually hit the courtroom. And had it already gone to court and maybe, you know, gotten thrown out or something like that. Because they're not saying because she was found guilty. They're saying because she's got the lawsuit going on, period. So even is that fair to you? What do you think about that? What do you think about that? Okay. What else are we talking about? Mm. Huh. And, you know, I've got some stories today that really, you know, it's about judgment call. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, there's this New York City councilwoman who calls for a disbarment. Well, she called for this disbarment of a judge. Now, here's the deal with this one here. So they say this now former judge was, <laughs> he was let go because he was moonlighting as a porn star on a site called OnlyFans. And he said hello from Las Vegas where he was partying at this Adele concert. So you have this, this Gregory Locke, 33, who was fired for unprofessional behavior after he posted a video of himself on Instagram 
looking, quote-unquote, dapper, and beaming a wide smile in the casino at Caesar's Palace. And this councilwoman called for his disbarment. Now, that's what they're saying she's really targeted. But let me tell you about this homeboy here. Now, he's not a homeboy, homeboy, but I'm just using that term. He was charged, well, he charges $12 a month. Now, this is a judge. He was doing this while he was a judge. He was charging $12 a month for access to his OnlyFans site. And he has, mm, he's been known to take pictures Kind of like what they call compromising pictures. And you should see this 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 picture here. So they have a picture of him with he's naked. He's naked. And it's of his from his head down to let's say where our pelvic area would be. Right above his genitals. In this, what you would consider a sexy pose. And this is, you know, what was on his site. And when the councilwoman <laughs> commented on the fact that um, he was reading a story. He was a part of a story hour for the drag queens in public schools and libraries. Libraries, And, <clears throat> excuse me, he told her some explicit stuff. Really nasty. Really nasty and degrading. And she really went after him at that point for him to be disbarred. But he has this, you know, account and they say that he was paid like $58 an hour to adjudicate parking tickets. <laughs> and this was his main, you know, his main job. But they didn't realize his little side gig. And he boasted. He boasted about being a judge while he worked in the porn industry. And they say that this, this, he has an X-rated account on Just for Fans where he charges $9.99 a month for access to his photos and videos. Now, remember, this is a porn site, straight porn site. And they say that he's white-collar by day and very unprofessional by night. He's always raw always slutty, and they say he just doesn't hide it. And he's mad now because he don't have a job as a judge. Now, here we go again. Do you feel that, you know, he has this, you know, this this job as a judge 
where he's very quote-unquote upstanding, and yet his nightlife should be his nightlife. He shouldn't be held accountable for what he does at night. You know, he's kept it, you know, as far as he's concerned, very separate. He brags about it. He brags about the fact that he's a judge. And, you know, he he was really upset that this councilwoman called for his disbarment. And he felt she should have mind her business. And would you agree or disagree? Does it matter that when we have, you know, these positions, you know, as a judge, that, like a judge, rather, that it shouldn't matter what we do at night? It wasn't like he was bringing, oh, let's say, for argument's sake, if he was playing judge, ah, role play, in his nighttime job. Or if he brought the porn stuff to the day job. He clearly didn't mix the two. Well, are you mixing the two when you tell everybody you're a judge? I don't know. So I'm I'm, I'm curious as to what you believe is appropriate and inappropriate. Okay. Uh, uh, uh. Let's see. Now, check this out. I knew this was coming back. I knew this one was coming back. So this teacher who was shot by the six-year-old student out in Virginia, well, she is quiet no longer. She is seeking $14 million in damages from the school system, and she is really highlighting how the powers that be ignored her cries and the stuff that she's putting out here oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah now let me tell you why I'm mad they say that the lawsuit names as defendants Newport News School Board former superintendent George Parker III and I think he's the one who they forced to resign I think can't find that article. There's a the former principal, Brianna Foster Newton, and the former assistant assistant principal, Ebony Parker. Now let me just say these names to you again. Superintendent George Parker the third. Former principal Brianna Foster Newton and former assistant principal Ebony Parker. Do we have to guess what side of the fence these people are on? Now here's the problem. When she lays out what she considered negligence and that's why she's going after them, Hmm. She's citing that um, they are saying that, you know, again, they didn't know at one point that, you know, he had a gun, blah, blah, blah. And they're going back to the fact 
that he constantly had complaints. There were constant complaints about this little boy, and she says they took it like with a with a grain of salt. She's saying that um, how in the world was it that she had told them that you know he was cutting up. I'm going to put it that way, when he had strangled and choked his kindergarten teacher, we talked about that. They did nothing about that. They say that they removed him, and then they sent him to another school, but then allowed him to return. So after he choked, um, strangled and choked the kindergarten teacher, they took him out that school, put him in another school, but then the following year they allowed him to come back to the school where he was. They say he was placed on some modified schedule because he was chasing the students around the playground with the belt, you know, because he was going with them and was cursing at the staff and the teachers. They say that the other teachers also talked about the concern that he was always in trouble, and they would always take him out of the class, take him to the principal's office, and he would always come back with some kind of reward, such as a piece of candy. They say that they had recommended him for special ed, where he would be with other children who had discipline problems, but the parents refused to put him in special ed, and they went with that. They say that despite the warnings from the teachers that um, the lawsuit describes a series of warnings that school employees gave administrators in the hours before the shooting, beginning with the, the same teacher who went to the one who was shot, went to this Ebony Parker's office, they say between 11.15 and 11.30, and told her that the boy was in a violent mood, had threatened to beat up a kindergartner, and stared down a security officer in the lunchroom. And she said that this Ebony Parker didn't give her any response, didn't even look up at her when she was talking and expressing her concerns, that at 11.45, two students told the reading specialist that the boy had a gun in his backpack. He denied it, but refused to give the backpack to the reading specialist. They say that this teacher that was shot told the reading specialist teacher that she had seen him take something out of his backpack and put it into his sweatshirt pocket. But when that teacher searched the backpack, she didn't find a weapon. Now, if I hadn't told you that he took it out of the backpack, why are you searching the backpack? Okay. They told us Ebony Parker that the boy had told students he had a gun. But this Ebony Parker responded that, you know, his little pockets 
too small to hold a gun, a handgun, and she did nothing about it. Then they said another first grader was crying and told the teacher that he had shown the little boy the firearm in his pocket during recess that they contacted the music teacher and they told the music teacher what the little boy had said. So when they informed this Ebony Parker, she said that the backpack had already been searched and she didn't take any further action. <sighs> she said, listen, the boy's mother was coming to pick him up soon and she did nothing. About an hour later is when the boy pulled the gun from the from from his pocket, aimed it at the teacher, and shot her. Now, does this spell neglect lawsuit, neglect lawsuit, neglect lawsuit, or what? Really? Really? You going down. You going down. The fact that these people have resigned means nothing. Means nothing. The only thing it means is they can't be responsible for being negligent <laughs> in any future events. But, yo, this Ebony Parker, they're going to smash her. Oh, they're going to have a ball with her. Just because your name is Ebony Parker. Let me talk to my two time crew. Because I'm about headed with these people. All right. Let's talk about Pastor Charlotte. Pastor Charlotte, good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I am well, thank you. How are you today? I am good today. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Well, we have this story about this woman, police officer, who is a sergeant, and they had given her a bump-up promotion, and she was to become the sergeant supervisor. But because she found, they found out that she has this 2018 uh, this lawsuit that's from 2018, where a detective who was working with her and sharing a unisex uh, what do you call it locker room, that he complained that he was tired of her leaving her underwear around, and she got mad after he had complained about this thing one too many times, and she took and put the underwear in his face, shoved it in his mouth, wiped the underwear all up in his face, and told him, okay, they blankety-blank clean, stop complaining, and now he's got this lawsuit against her. And because the lawsuit is now coming up, they took back her promotion. Do you think that there's something that they should have done? Should they have waited to find out if she was guilty? Should they have just at the hearing of this particular um, incident 
they needed to pull her promotion back from her. They had given it to her. But they said that it is not abnormal for the promotion list to take a shift. Now, they're not saying or citing other incidences where, you know, people have lost their promotion, but they're saying it's not uncommon. What do you think? Do you think that this should have had bearings on whether she got her promotion now or not? See, now that's the tricky part Um, because half says yes, other half says no. Um, The reason I'm saying that is because it's five years ago, has she changed? You know, like what else has coming up? What else has been said, you know, that she has done? And people can change because all of us can testify five years ago, we're not where we are today, right? So in the mix of that being said, First, that was nasty when you were saying it. I thought of, even though you said that it was um, a unisex, where was, if there were, the women would have said, that's nasty. Move your drawers, right? So in the mix of that being said, where it wouldn't have had to come from the man himself. But to think about it, I would have put it on hold, her uh, um, promotion, um, and did investigation because at the end of the day, if it started of something simple as that could be small, where else have you done before that and what have you doing today? Because some people might think that that's small. Me, that's nasty. That's big. That's nasty. You put it in his face. I don't, I don't think I would investigate you. I would say that I would hold you back, yes. I will do some more investigation, yes, and find out what else you have done. So that's what I mean by, like, I'm in the middle, but I would hold it. And then if you came out clear from the five years, then I would give it back to you. All right. All right, all right. Well, we have the same question with this judge. So you have the judge who is moonlighting. (laughs) I haven't heard that word, Pastor Charlene, in so many years. (laughs) But that's the word they use in in the article. He's moonlighting as a porn star. (laughs) And he's, let's say, they say he's charging $9.99. For his X-rated account on Just for Fans, where that's what he charges for his photos and videos, and you know he what drew attention to him was he was at an Adele concert, and he was you know loud and boisterous and all kinds of stuff. And this councilwoman looked and said, you know, his behavior is really unbecoming of a judge, and he needs to be disbarred. Well, when they did the digging, they then found out that he had the the porn um, account, and he was charging the people, you know, the nine ninety nine, and. He really feels like she should have mind her business. 
It is, you know, has nothing to do with his uh, day job and why are you even bothering him? Well, he's been taken off, you know, the, the bench. Do you think that that should have, you know, been enough to have him disbarred? He's not bringing the pawn into the courtroom, he says. Leave me alone. Let me live my life. What do you think? It is mixing the two. And, yes, he should not be a judge anymore um, because he lucky that when he was sitting on the bench and somebody came in and said, hey, that judge that I saw on, you know, and started the whole ruckus inside the courthouse. Um, and nowadays, you know, everybody, all you got to do is tell somebody, everybody's going on it. So it is mixing the two because you are still doing it. We got one thing that we have to always remember, the stuff that we have done in our past does come back up sometimes. And when it comes up, it can put you in a place. Nowadays, people are going on these sites and they are looking to see what else you do, just like on Facebook, right? I think we had way back when we talked about how uh, people go on Facebook and they see your, your life story and that how you cannot get that job you know, because of they seeing what you have put post and stuff, and it does affect everything. At this time, he is doing both at the same time. This is, like, not something that back in the day when he was 20, you know, or 18 or something, he is still doing this. So, no, he does not deserve to sit on the bench. And for, for only nine ninety nine, you should have did better than that because you should have known it was going to catch up with you. So what kind of real porn star are you? You're a cheap one. Very cheap. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. All righty, Pastor Sean. All righty. Well, we got one more. One more, one more, one more. We have this teacher who is coming back with a vengeance after being shot by the six-year-old. They still say that no one's been charged. Now, they have given her the opportunity to surely come back with her $40 million lawsuit, and she's naming these three individuals in this lawsuit who she feels, you know, were negligent, and had they done something, you know, she wouldn't be where she is now. But they heavily named, she heavily names this Ebony Parker, who she has, you know, really cited was extremely, extremely negligent that, you know, even when they were complaining about the boy having a gun, she went into the office um, about him choking the other students, his behavior. She said she was dismissed. The woman didn't even look up from her desk to address the uh, issue that one time when we talked about when they had the choking incident of the other teacher, his kindergarten teacher, the strangling and choking, they removed him from the school, but a year later they let him come back into the school, 
that they recommended that he go into special ed where he could have been with other children who had issues. And because the parents would not put him in, he was allowed not to, you know, to, to, you know, be in the same class with the other um, children that when they told her that there was a gun in his backpack and possibly in his pocket, she told them uh, his little pocket is too small to hold a handgun. They've looked through the backpack already. It wasn't in there. His his parents would be here to pick pick him up soon, and she did nothing about it. There are several allegations where she was personally brought these issues and she was completely unresponsive. Only, and this was hours, this was an hour, up to an hour before, 45 minutes, a half hour as a matter of fact, before the boy actually shot the teacher, she, she had been warned personally. From her negligence, this woman ended up getting shot. Should should she go down past Charlotte? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because you could have evented from this happening if y'all would have took this little boy out. Um, my, third, my thought was, is he related to this kid? Is she related to this kid or you were just scared of this kid? Which one? Because how can a six-year-old do so much in a whole building of all these teachers and these kids? I think I said last time they should have jumped him. I think I said that before. But for him to come back, (laughs) for him to come, being able to come back, it's more to the story than they're saying. Because how are you going to let him come back and terrorize? And where are the parents? Because nobody will be in the school. I'm not sending my kid. Y'all don't have no control. I'm not sending my kid. Because you're going to mess around, and a delt's going to come in with a bigger gun, and now it's going to be a shootout. You just prevent it. But to me, it sounds like something else. But, yes, she should go down. Parker needs to go down and whoever else is involved in it. And that little kid... He needs to be somewhere. All righty. Not All in the school. Thank you so much, Pastor Charlotte. Uh, let's talk to our Pastor KL and see what he's got to say about this thing here. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you today? I am well. Thank you. How are you? I am well. Thank you. <laughs> All righty now. We've got three cases, and we've got this, you know, we're, we're trying to decide, you know, how these people should be handled, if the punishment fit the crime. So you've got this this uh, sergeant, this policewoman, who is who has been given a promotion to police sergeant. And now they have taken back her promotion because there's a uh, a lawsuit from 2018. You've heard all of the you know the details of this of the allegations, and 
They have not, you know, it's still pending. It's still going on. Should the promotion have been rescinded or should they have allowed her to stay until she was found guilty? I think they should have allowed her to stay until she was found guilty. First of all, I think before, before they promoted her, they should have did their, their due diligence and their, their research. And if they wanted to find anything, they, they should have found it before the promotion. You know, now you promoted me, you know, because you said that what I've done thus far in your eyesight was, 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 was great. That's why I got promoted. So, I mean, now you, now you dig it and now you find something. I'm not even, I'm not even guilty of it. So you've already taken, taken away my stripes. Already thinking that that I'm already guilty. You've you've already given me the guilty job. So I, I think you messed up when you didn't do your due diligence in finding out everything that you need to find out. But uh, according to my work ethics, now I, I I'm due this promotion. So you said so. All righty, all righty. Oh, you got the judge. Well, who's an ex-judge now? Who? was moonlighting as a porn star charging a fee on this site for his nude pictures and videos and things like that. He was flagged by a councilwoman when he was at an Adele concert and she felt that his behavior during the Adele concert was kind of out there, Um, you know, he was, you know, partying. It doesn't really say he did anything, you know, explicit, but just the way he was behaving, she didn't think that this was appropriate. And when they did the digging and they found out that he was really a, a porn star, they pulled his, you know, ability to be on the bench. Was that okay? Um, I, I, I think it was. I think it was. And I look at it from, from other aspects as we are pastors and, and we preach on Sunday. And now we're, we're in the club or we're, we're at the bar on, on, on Tuesday and Wednesday and getting drunk or doing whatever kind of thing we do. You know, don't let your good be even spoken of. You know, that, that's a double-minded man. There, there's no way in the world you can hold up for justice, you know, d- during the day. And then do this stuff at night. How, so how is it in the morning we sit behind, we sit in front of, of a sign that says, in God we trust, and at night we trust no one. We just do it all. You know, I, I think it's definitely a conflict of interest. You know, and, yeah, I, I think they were, they were right. They were in their right, rather, to, um, to, to pull him from, from, from the bench. Because, again, we, we don't know what his mindset is. If, if if you're indulging in porn, you're already dealing with a spirit. I don't need I don't need you to be coming up off of your spirit at two, three, four o'clock in the morning and getting on the bench. And now you have my life in your hands. No. So if if I'm cute or if I'm sexy, then I'm automatically innocent, and you might give me a little bit more time. But if I look like a hillbilly, then I'm going to going to the chair. No. All right. Alrighty. Well, we have the story that comes back up 
about the six-year-old who, you know, wreaked all this havoc. And now the teacher that he shot is coming back with a vengeance. She's got a $40 million lawsuit on the table. And she's targeting three individuals, but primarily this Ebony Parker. Do you think that Ebony Yeah, I, I, I think um, I think she definitely has a case. I mean, she definitely has a case. I, I don't I don't know that um, while Ebony Parker was was definitely um, in the wrong, I don't know that that they'll go against her as opposed to the board of education. You know, if I do something crazy at my job, you know, they 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 they're gonna, they're gonna smack me on the hand, but they're gonna sue the company. Because I, I, I represent the brand. I, you know, I represent the company. So, I mean, I, I think she had a better better deal with uh, suing the Board of Ed. You know what I mean? Because that's who this woman is representing. All righty. We shall see. Because they're going to tell the story. This, this one, they're going to ride this one out. They are truly going to ride out whether, you know, uh, it was the educational system because, interestingly enough, the educational system, if you will, the Board of Ed that we call it here in New York, they were not named. They were not named. They say that in particular, she, the lawsuits named as defendants the school board former superintendent, the former principal, and the former assistant principal. So I found it interesting that she did not name the school board. So I, we, we'll see how this comes back. Because she surely ain't getting $40 million from the three of them, even if they were still in their seats. They, she ain't getting no $40 million from them. So somebody else, um, oh, okay, they got a subsequent story. I'm seeing the headlines. It says the Virginia teacher shot by student files $40 million lawsuit against administrators and the district. Okay. All right. So she did, uh, Pastor K.O., she did go. This particular article that I pulled up, these were the three she was named. They, they spoke of these three. All righty. All right, so Pastor Jeff was on with us yesterday because I we had other plans for today, but since those plans went a little to the left, uh, we got our girl Shantice on with us. So let's say good morning to Shantice. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. That's good. That's good. All right, so the NYPD supervisor, she was mm-hmm. elevated supervisor sergeant or sergeant supervisor. Let me say that again. The NYPD sergeant who was promoted to supervisor, they rescinded her promotion. Do you think it was justified? I mean, I, I also agree with what was looked into in the first place. And now you're trying to pull this back. That was really careless on their end. Um, but <laughs> as far as the actual incident, like, 
that's enough to not even be considered for a promotion, you know, unless there have been some heavy, heavy, heavy observation. And obviously there wasn't because if you're able to say, oh, we have this promotion for you, but then after that and say, oh, well, it just came to my attention that back in 2018 you did do, then y'all haven't been observing her all this time. So what made her eligible for this promotion? I don't know. I would say for your negligence, just observe her whatever amount of time you say right now, when you say 30, 60, 90 days or whatever, and if you see that she's really carrying herself as a supervisor, then, you know, let her go. But y'all got to put y'all still. They put their foot in their mouth already. It's like, they're crazy. All righty. Well, what about the judge? He is really hot. He uh, he blurted out some nasty, I mean some nasty stuff to this councilwoman that he suggested she do. And uh, he doesn't feel as though this, this barment was justified. What say you? I, isn't there like... I think they have to run for this, or is it only like the Supreme Court judge or something? Like, I thought that process to become a judge is very stringent. Like, there was a whole lot of hoops you have to jump through, and, you know, you don't just apply to be a judge and, oh, you know, you see your qualifications and now you're a judge. You know, so with you now doing this, (laughs) you have to watch what you say and what you do because you... Because of what a judge, you know, the the job duty and what it entails. You can't be out here talking on willy-nilly and acting on willy-nilly and thinking that you're going to continue to sit in that seat. Yeah, they don't know. They don't, quote-unquote, run, but they are supposedly vetted, you know, and and. Some major research But it doesn't necessarily mean That he was actually on these sites When he got the job Now he's relatively young He's only 33 years old So Mm. you know He hasn't really had to see Probably very long But it doesn't necessarily mean That when they did the research When you know They were considering him For you know This particular you know, position as a judge that, you know, this all all this stuff was out there like that. Remember, the only thing that kind of, you know, garnered the attention was the way this councilwoman felt he was acting in this video when he was at the Adele concert in Las Vegas. So I don't know what she saw or maybe she actually had heard about the other part of it, but use mm-hmm. this to flag him. So you know, you never well, really no one know. Well, no one can judge if he's doing all this. Like, come on, that's like what we see in these movies and stuff. How there is a judge over a case, and you know, either side, whether it's the defense or the prosecution, and a lot of times it be the defense. And, you know, now they're going to try to frame the judge to sway the judge to go in their favor. And they're like, okay, what dirt can we pull up on the judge? And a lot of times, like, they'll find the judge in a hotel room 
<laughs> yes. You know, with either their mistress or with you know the same se- same sex gender and all that. It's like you, who's supposed to take you serious now? How how's that how's that supposed to work? Well, I guess they don't, Chauncey's, and that's why he don't have a job no more. Well, at least it's not a job on this bench. He got a job, all right, but it's not this particular this particular job. And, you know, people work hard to get this kind of position. So he was kind of dumb. He was dumb. You didn't make your decision. Your choices weren't, weren't really good. Now you've got this $40 million lawsuit. We've talked about the fact that you know, this little six-year-old has been a hellion. And, you know, now she's really pointing the finger at this Ebony Johnson, who was extremely negligent. Should, you know, should that $40 million be looking at her? Yeah, yes. You know, it. her and whomever else dropped the ball. You know, she did her due diligence, and she reported, and she was taken as a joke. So those are the pockets that need to be ran. All right. You know, the, well, the, the, no. the, the, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. You know, with us now being a vendor of DOE, don't be taking no money from them. That, that needs to be going to the vendors. <laughs> That's what I'm money. Go that record to them people. And that, that's the problem. You know, a lot of times, and we spoke about this with the, when we were talking about the police. You know, the, the, now the police department gets sued. No. If, the, if people start getting targeted, the consequences hit you directly, people would kind of think twice about being careless. All righty now. And that's what I was going to say. Pastor K.L., you wanted to say something? Well, I wanted to ask a question, but go ahead and go ahead and finish this off because I do have to ask a question. No, I was going to say what Shantice came back to say. You know, this, this, this panel has consistently talked about hitting the individuals in the pocket, not just the you know, the Department of Education, you know, to make them pay personally, not just the police department, make the police officers pay personally. And a lot of times you will sway the behavior of these people if they understand that, you know what, my, my family won't have anything to eat possibly if they find me guilty, so forth and so on. So, you know, this is this is one way of of waking up a whole lot of these principals and assistant principals and you know uh the, the super superintendents and things like that. So this panel is really a proponent for that one. So uh, Pastor Carey, you have something? Well, I, I just want to ask a question because I know we have a bunch of uh, well a few educators who listen to us. So I was kind of wondering: is, is there a, a, a different kind of training? that a teacher will go through or, or you know, while, while they're going through it, the educational part for special ed. Because is it, is it the same teaching trainings for regular kids as special ed kids? It doesn't seem like that, that, that's an easier feat. And then, you know, I heard, I heard you say that they didn't want to put the child in special ed with children like himself. Well, I'd be kind of worried with a bunch of children 
who got guns or, or who have outbreaks <laughs> in one class. <laughs> you know? Right. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm just trying to understand how does that, how does that work? If, if they're all crazy and I got the same training Shanti's got, no, nah, I don't think I want to be a teacher there. No, I do know. I do know one of the teachers. She's actually going for special education um, training. They do have a different regimen of training. I do know. I hear her say quite often that there is a different, you know, teaching that you know they have to take. The learning that they have to take. Schooling they have to take. And I, I do remember there was a a personal uh, a person that I knew who was at the top of special ed um, uh, ranks in the school system, and yeah, they go to school and they 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 have to focus. That's a focus for them, you know, when you're dealing with because you have to remember they have individual you know, educational programs and profiles that they have to make up for each child. So you have to have special training to be able to even do that. So, yes, the answer to that is absolutely, absolutely yes. Now, this this other issue you bring up, you know, I don't think that, you know, the, the, the gun thing, you know, is not as popular as just a misbehaved child, and I think that's what they were really talking about, you know, not that all of the children in there would be, you know, um, children who had, you know, guns or knives, but just children who needed that extra attention. Now, I want to go back when we were going to school past the KL, past the Charlotte. I don't know about Shantice, if, if, you know, how often... You know how different this was, but you know we used to always talk about the children on this, you know, the, the short yellow school bus. You know, those were the children who had, you know, those behavioral problems and those different educational, you know, issues, and they were segregated. You know, they were in their own class. They had to have their own transportation. And, you know, now, like you say, you know, we got to worry about the kids having guns. But I, my, my thought was, you know, putting them all in one group, like you said, but does it, you know, what happens when parents, we as educators have already noticed that these, this child needs this environment. You as a parent, you know, have the option of saying no, but look at where that puts the rest of the school. So if we don't segregate them or separate them, if you will, then it puts the rest of the school at jeopardy because he's terrorized the students and the teachers. What we And we talked about this before, but what kind of six-year-old get this type of ability. <laughs> so I don't know, Pastor Kale, this is a special this is a special case here. Yeah. You know, I think the you know, educated I, I, I think too mm-hmm. I, I I'm sorry, I, I think too for, for the parents, they don't want their parents to be mocked as a retard or as a problem child. But is it is it okay to be mocked as a menace? 
I mean, I, I, I can reach out right. a minute for a hundred. Right, right. You know, I mean, right. so, so now, now my child might, might have to be in the system because I was in denial of who he was. That's right. That's right. And and I agree. That's what I'm saying. Did you get, you know, do you really get that level of an option when this is the profile of your child? You really get to say, because remember now, they're not saying for this particular child that this child should be in special ed before because of a learning disability. They're saying because of his behavior. And we all have heard about his behavior. So at that point, does it really become an option of the parent? That's why I said, well, look at what not separating him is doing to the rest of the school. You know, th- this is a whole different issue. I agree with you, Pastor Kale. This is a whole different issue when we're talking about educational delay or a, a behavior issue. That shouldn't even be an option for the parent at that point. Not, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. That That's just a level of ridiculousness. To be to be honest with you, where you would give this parent an opportunity to leave their child as a but not only as a menace, Pastor Kale, but look at how negligent you were at home. That the gun he that he had came from the very home of the parents who refused to put him in that environment. Right. So already, already that lets us know that they were not able to make the proper decision. So that's why I can't understand after all. See, this is where I go with Pastor Charlotte. Who do they know? How in the world, after all this time, now this woman not have pulled out a $40 million lawsuit, and y'all ain't tapped these parents? For their responsibility mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. something's wrong. Something wrong. Somebody mm-hmm. knows something. And and just like Pastor Charlotte said, they took you out to school and put you back in the school. You know somebody. Oh, you know somebody. Because I can promise you, it wouldn't be one of my three. They be to put them far away, and they ain't never coming back to the school no more. <laughs> you get out of school. Pastor I'm sorry. When I was in school, especially high school, we had special ed in high school. And I believe it was mainly for behavior. And I remember they, all of their classes was in the basement, because that's where the two lunchrooms were, all of their classes. And I remember always saying, if I got to sit in the class where I can touch the board from my seat, I'm dropping out. I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going. There needs to be... That these parents really put their kids, because that's a straight punishment. I remember always saying that because we would walk past, and I always cut class. So we would be in the hallway, and we would see them in there. And they'd be like, nah, I'm not with it. No, I'm not sitting in that classroom. And you were, like, branded as a special egg. They didn't care. The school didn't care. I guess the parents didn't care. That's where you had to be. And like you said, if now they mandate that these kids have to do that, then it will really snap to the kids because once the child hears, I don't care whether you're elementary, junior, high, high school, once you hear, like, I have to be in special ed, it's like, oh, no, if it's because of um, academics, 
let me get whatever tutoring I need. Let me, because I don't want to know. Even if I don't take the short yellow bus, that's what everybody now says to me. I don't want to do that. If this because of behavior, then I just need to get on point with it because I don't want to be sending one of these small classrooms. I don't want, mm-mm. They give these kids way too many options. Well, There's no reason why I go in the class. Well, Pastor Kale, you you took it to some level of church. What was your connection that you made? I, I'm I'm trying. I was trying to remember. I'm sorry. I couldn't. I couldn't remember what you said. Well, what, what I said is that you know here we are with, with preachers on Sunday. And then we're going to clubs Tuesday, Wednesday, or uh, to the bar on Thursday. And, and, and now, you know, we're getting drunk and people are seeing it. You know, that, that, that's totally a conflict. You know, there, there, there's no way in the world we, we can tell people you need to live right. That's the only way you're going ahead. You need to do this. And then you have a communion on Thursday. I mean, <laughs> when you're getting drunk. That, that's just not good. Well, let, let me ask you something, Shantice. When you were serving, you know, I remember you saying that, you know, there were people who, you know, used to come after service, after church service, and it was mm-hmm. evident that they were, you know, coming from church based on their dress, you know, their attire. Were you serving them alcohol? Yes, there was a priest in there with the collar on. <laughs> There was, like, yo, you ain't even change your clothes, bro. Like, come on. We take the wow. collar off. He did. I didn't. I didn't serve him. I. I wasn't. I wasn't his server. But he was sitting there, and if I can remember correctly, he was there with a female priest, and I think they both had their collars. And I remember him. I can see right now he had a red glass of wine. And if anyone has ever patronized the Cheesecake Factory, you know their wine glasses are mighty big. And he had a, a glass of red wine. And I remember just walking past, like, had somebody been in front of me, I would have walked into them because I was just, like, blown away. I was like, he didn't even, t-. and I remember going to AJ, and I was like, yo, he didn't even take the collar off. Like, he didn't even take the collar off. So even if, Someone followed you from whatever church you just came from. It's like, okay, bad enough they see me here, but now everybody else who don't know you, who don't know what you do for a living, now we know that this is what you, this is part of your extracurricular activity. That you see nothing wrong with having some wine. Well, Shanti, I, I, I have a question for you, Shanti. Shanti, I have a question for you. So you, you as, as a Christian, sir, and, and you see me coming into your, into your, no, but but I'm just saying from from now, you as a Christian oh, okay. and you see me coming okay. into your establishment with my collar on, and I ask you for a Budweiser. Do you serve mm-hmm. me? Well, by you, law, you, you I can't refuse you. By by law, I can't uh-huh. refuse you. I just have to check your ID because they say I, they don't care if you're hooked up to a ventilator. We have to check your ID. But I couldn't. That that that, that was that was the rule. That, that was the rule. They're like, we don't care if they sitting with an oxygen tank. Check their ID. Um, I would have I would have to serve you as long as you didn't walk in intoxicated already. I, but me being okay. me, had you been like, oh, can I have a butt wise? I would like, 
a what? Or can I have a Budweiser? Oh, okay. So you want the Budweiser? You'd be like, oh, okay. Right. I right. I I, I would have said something kind of slick, me being me, but I couldn't refuse, you know, to to serve you. So that, but me being me, I would have said I would have found a way to say something slick. That it would have made you think, and even if you still would have drunk it, you still would have had to think again, like, oh, yeah, I did just order a Budweiser. I'm sitting here with my collar on. <laughs> okay, I got two questions. I have but, two uh, questions. Oh. I have two questions, and it, it's 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 kind of on, on the level, on the line where the first question came from. As Christians, mm-hmm. do we hold these kind of jobs? When we're serving alcohol, period. Because here's my question. But you really tell the priest or the pastor, whoever's sitting there with a collar on, that you can't serve them or say something slick to them when they make this request. And you as a Christian or, you know, a church person, yourself... Is, is that is that something that you need to be doing? All right, so I'm gonna ask well, you, Pastor Kale. Wait, hold on, Shanti. I'm, I'm coming to you. I'm gonna ask you, Pastor Kale. What do you think about just the duty behind the 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 job? Well, that's difficult because I'm I'm also in that same position. Um, you know, I, I, I ran a store for years and we we didn't sell alcohol. You know, and only two years ago, now we have a, 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 a liquor license. So now we sell alcohol and wine. Um, wow. So, Family, though? Yeah, it's... It, 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 huh? I can't call that now. Can't, can't say things like that. Oh, sorry, sorry. So, 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 mm-hmm. so, 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 you know, so it, it, it's difficult. Um, however, you know, like, like Shantice, we have, we have other things that we can do. If you come in looking like you're already drunk, we, we can deny you service. We don't have to serve it to you. You know what I mean? But as long as you look like you, you spry and you okay, you know, we, we, we have to serve it to you. And, and like I wow. said, it's, it's difficult because for all these all these years, we had not had to, had, had to sell it. We had not had a liquor license. But now, you know, we have a liquor license. So we have a whole refrigerated section of alcohol. We have a whole uh, end caps of wine. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's, it's difficult. Wow, wow, wow. Or do you duck behind the counter like, you know, somebody says, oh, you know what? I got to go to the bathroom. You know, Mary, please take yeah. this order. You know, <laughs> you know do you do it? <laughs> you know, do you do it? Oh, man. You know, oh, oh I, I, got, I got it. Oh, man. Oh, I, I got to run. I got to run. I got an emergency phone call. You know, do, you, do you do stuff like that? Because, like, oh, man, like you said, I didn't have this job for 25 years. You know, now all of a sudden y'all switch gears, and now y'all adding this to the menu. You know, what do what do you do with that, uh, Pastor Charlotte? But the what funny do you part think? about it, pa- yes. hold on one second. The funny part of that is that that my my town is so small, so a lot of the Christians that you know that you don't see in church, they come in here. Well, it's just wine. You know, God ain't saying nothing about wine. <laughs> Okay, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. That's my next question. That's part two of my question. That's part two of my question. So you hold on to that right there. Hold on to that right there, because that was my second question. Pastor Charlotte, you know, 
you you you're at a job where now you know part of your responsibility is to serve or sell alcohol beverage how how does that you know make you feel what do you think you said my answer that's why I was over here cracking up that's my cue to go to the bathroom and get somebody <laughs> else to do that <laughs> I just seen you come from the from the freezer section or from that aisle. So now I, it's time for me to jet. I gotta go, uh, you know. And you do that like all day long, you know. That's gotta be gotta be something that's like uncomfortable. Um, Shantise, mm-hmm. what were you gonna say when I first asked the question? Oh yes, I was gonna say you're right. You're not, and that's why God took me off because. You really, like, even when they come in drunk, technically, by law, we are, were not allowed to say, oh, you're drunk, I can't serve you. There were, like, there was like other verbiage that we had to use, but even then, like, we had to then get the manager involved and all that because I couldn't drink. You could have came in there crawling in, reeking of vodka, <laughs> and sat at my table. I could not say, uh, I know you out of it if you think i'm about to give you a shot of anything i could not say any no no server no bartender cannot say that so even with that it becomes very tricky and that's how i knew god was pulling me out of the serving industry because little stupid stuff started happening to where now i couldn't even me and the manager had a back and forth because i told a pregnant woman who looked like her water was about to break that i wasn't giving her a mojito i told her that i was like no I was like, you, you can go sit at somebody else's table, but I'm not giving you that. And a manager used my my name to bring in her drink. And I almost... Wow, wow, wow. I said, yeah, God, it, it's time. I said, yeah, God, I, I think I hear you clearly. It's time. And this was before baptism, so I was just like, it's time to go. It's, it's time. Wow, wow, wow. But, 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 but Shanti, can't the bartender... Bar- use his discretion and decide when you've had enough? We Yes, the bartender can see, but the bartender still can't say you've had enough. That's like one of the main lines that is in our training that we definitely can't use. You cannot tell the guest, you've had enough, I'm not serving you, or I see that you've reached your limit, I'm not giving you. You cannot say that. It's, it's crazy. But there's other ways that you have to go around saying okay, well, maybe not right now or whatever, and then you get your manager or supervisor involved, and even they can't blatantly say it, but it, it, it's, it's crazy. It, it's like even the drunk people have rights. It's just like whatever. That's what I say. It was time to go. Time to go. Time to go. So, no, as a, a woman or man of God, no, because even when you try to now um, hold it to yourself, like I'm going to go to the bathroom, like Pastor Sean, Pastor Sean said, or I, I'm going to let you know, like, okay, you're, I, I see the baby's head coming out. Like, no, I'm not giving you this drink. No, I can still get in trouble. You know, you, you can still get in trouble. So, no, it, it, either way, now you, you become compromised. So it, it shouldn't be a position that you hold as a Christian. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, and my second question was where Pastor KL went. You know, for you know, the the the, the thought is, well, the Bible says you could drink as long as you don't get drunk. You know, and it's like, oh, here we go, here we go. 
Don't we drink to get intoxicated. Even at level four, you're still, you know, you, you got a buzz on. So if Jesus and God is supposed to be, you know, who they are in your life, then, you know, why are we doing this kind of thing? I don't know. I'll start with you, uh, Pastor Kale. Yeah, that, that's, you know, again, that's the biggest thing. And then I think they only do that because, you know, a lot of folks will come in. Because usually I'm not on the register. So, you know, they'll, they'll come in and get out. But if I'm on the register, they'll recognize who I am. And, and okay. before I can even say anything, they'll say, well, you know, you know, as long as I don't get drunk, Pastor, we okay. Pastor, I'm Pastor. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday, I wasn't nobody. Or I was not, seemingly I wasn't recognized. But because you came with the alcohol, with the beer, then pastor, I must explain to you why I'm doing it. I think it's wow, 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 wow. You're going to you 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 hell whether you're sober or drunk. It don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what say you about, you know, the fact that, you know, we are actually indulging with the goal of getting that buzz on, like Pastor KL said, they're claiming, I'm not doing this to get drunk, but I just need my little buzz on. Then what does that say for our relationship with God and Jesus and and what they're supposed to be doing for us? God says in Proverbs 20, verse 1, Wine produces mockers, alcohol leads to brawls. Those led astray by drink cannot be wise. So please miss me with the I don't drink to get drunk. That's just like I don't smoke to get high. Ain't no such thing. You may not want to stumble every step you take. But the point of drinking anything with alcohol in it is to alter your mind to some degree. So a buzz is altering your mind. You are not 100% coherent. Otherwise, drink Kool-Aid, drink Sprite, drink water. That's the point in drinking wine. It doesn't have to be Patron. It doesn't have to be um, Ciroc. That barefoot, that white Zinfandel can also get the job done enough to alter your mind. So all it is, I don't drink, take it drunk, or you sound just as dumb as this verse says you'll be. Like, please. All right. Pastor Charlotte, what's your thought? Now, this is coming from the two people who have openly said they used to sit at the bar. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Amen. Exactly. That's what right. You and that's the part. <laughs> yes, ma'am. And that's the part I'm getting ready to go to. You well, I've heard that people have said to me because of their stomach. Okay, so the the doctor told them that they need to drink brandy or <laughs> wine or whatever. What? But as it, yes, but as because you know you get caught, so you got to come up with something. So. As you, as me, as a person that was on the bar, what happens is you will start off something small and you will end up 
having more with it um, because that buzz don't buzz you no more. So now you want to get, you got to do a little bit stronger, a little bit more, and then you go from one glass to the next glass, okay, because your liquor start getting a little more brown, okay? So I'm just saying. You go from the glass to the bottle, Pastor Charlotte? Exactly. I was going that way, too. And then it goes from, you going from the bar to your house having a bar, Okay, yeah, yeah. so it starts off like that. <laughs> yep. But I ain't oh drunk. my gosh! Wow. Listen, my mother used to say, "I'm not drunk." My mother used to say, "I'm not drunk. I'm just a little high." She <laughs> <laughs> <It> was drunk. <laughs> I, Pat, Pat, Pastor Steph, Pastor Steph, and tobacco what Pastor Charlotte says. I have seen people pass full. Pass out. So, but, oh, I just feel a little nice. That's nice. No, <laughs> no. It, you fell off the bar stool. That's not nice. No. But and you, and you know what? All, all jokes aside, because th- th- this is how you, your flesh, and then the enemy see you stupid trying to convince yourself of this, and he'll keep trying to convince you also with this. Oh, it's only this, and then it graduates. How I knew it was really bad for me if anyone has ever had a drink from BBQs. And mm-hmm. I used to get the the big Texas size with the extra shot with the champagne bottle in it. And I sat there mm-hmm. and drunk that whole thing. And I said, okay, either somebody switched my drink or I'm a real alcoholic right now because I feel nothing. <laughs> And, then, and I was really sitting at that table scared. I was really scared because I was like, yo, was there really an extra shot here? And the, the, the everything was sitting right there. The drink was gone, but the tube was still there. The bottle of champagne was still there upside down, empty. But I felt nothing. So it really does go to where you drink so much to where now you feel nothing and now you want to get to something stronger, just like the drug addicts. They start with the weed. That don't buzz them anymore now. Now they go to something else stronger. Now they go to coke, maybe. Coke ain't good enough now. Now they get introduced to maybe heroin. It's the same thing. So you keep allowing the enemy to hear that this don't hit you like that anymore. Now you need something stronger. You need something stronger anymore. Now, now you're falling off the bar from so much. You're just nice. So wow. I, 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 let me co-sign because... Y'all know I got a lot of medical issues. And the doctor used to tell me, because I have high blood pressure, if I drink a glass of wine a day, my blood pressure will go down. So I, I, wow, I do wow, the medical wow, people will wow, 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 wow. And Christian doctors, ain't just about from This is crazy. That's why I say, you know, you, you deal with these secular you know, individuals and, you know, they're telling you things for, you know, a good reason, quote unquote, and yet that's the gateway to something mm-hmm. else, another lifestyle. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, 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 wow. Mm-mm-mm. Well, don't do Dr. it. Charlie, don't do it, Ursulus. Tell us, don't do it. What would you say? Huh? What did you I say? Tell the listeners, I said, I tried to tell the listeners, don't do it. 
Don't do it. Put that glass down. As we speak, put your glass down, baby. You don't need that. Go to Well, Pastor Charlotte, it is uh, on Eastern Standard Time. It is 8.47 a.m. Oh, I know people drink early in the morning. I'm just saying I'm hoping that, you know, we ain't got them on this line. You know, well, no, we hope that we do have them on this line. But you get my, uh, you know, we do do hope we have them on this line. My customers are on a liquid diet. Okay, so when my customers are on liquid diet, <laughs> early in the morning. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Well, we're going to keep you lifted in prayer, you know, that as, you know, you, you, you're not on this liquid diet, and, you know, you are, you know, just coming out of that because that that's that's ripping up your body. That's ripping up your body and really keeping you from having the best relationship with the Lord possible. Thank you so much, my due time crew. I pray you have a blessed day. You all do the same. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All righty. Let's get that benediction in. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. Galatians six eighteen. Woo! You know, you know. I, I always Shanti's always laughs at me because you know my question is, and that's fun. People stumbling, people throwing up, people. You know, oh my head hurts. Oh, the room is spinning. Oh. You know, and I and that's fun. You actually go back for more. I that's that's just not fun to me. And I've said on you know here many times. I used to watch the transformation. I'm like, well, everybody was happy a minute ago. Now everybody fighting and arguing, crying. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yo, really? That's that's fun. And never, never. The connection, excuse me, from a little girl. Let me tell you what really did it for me. My grandfather passed away. I was about 14 years old. And it hit me. that day, Even till today, I have to tell you, if I, if I envision his face, my eyes get all watery. And I'm 56 years old now, but I miss my grandpa. But I remember when they came back from the funeral. And that was the first funeral I had ever been to. And for me, it's, you know, it's a somber occasion. And I actually, (laughs) I stood in the, 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 quote, unquote, the doorway of the living room. And I watched the party. And it didn't click to me. It, it didn't click. It just didn't click to me. It didn't click to me. It just didn't. And I think I was mad. I was just, I, I was mad. I was mad. Here my grandfather is gone. And, yo, this is, wow. 
and I had watched, you know, drinking from earlier than that. But that, that there was really like, that did it for me. And that, that did it. And, <clears throat> excuse me, that was, that was, that bothered me. Oh my gosh, I can't even tell. Even now, it's like when I, I can envision it. Like it was yesterday. And I remember just standing there going, this is what we do. Now, I had already seen enough, you know, prior to that, but it just didn't click. And, excuse me, as time went on, um, I don't think anything has ever hit me like that. All I knew was my grandpa ain't here and y'all blankety blanks are partying like nothing and you know you 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 hear the stories as you go along about you know you celebrate the life and <laughs> yo really um you know thank god there was no arguing and fighting afterwards but you know when i hear people as an adult say you know i don't drink to get drunk uh christian people you know, I don't drink to get drunk or I just drink to get a buzz. And I'm like, well, you know, when we when we look at and we read scripture and we understand the concept of conversion and, you know, what what God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit is supposed to do for us, then that makes it even that's that 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 view comes back to me. That that very view comes back to me. That concept comes back to me. I, you know, we're supposed to, you know, allow God and Jesus and the Spirit of the Lord to to, to just change who we are. You know, if anybody has ever seen me, let me tell you something. There's nobody who likes to laugh more than Stephanie. When I tell you, I have lit up restaurants. I don't know what the joke was. This thing just hit my funny bone, and I have laughed to the point where other patrons were like, "What? We want to laugh!" And I could never explain why the thing was so funny. But everybody does not need an intoxicant to have a bona fide, a genuine—I mean, just really hardcore good time. And if we are, you know, you just say you want to drink. Just say you want to drink. Cut, cut it out. Just cut it out. Just cut it out. Just say you want to drink. Because this whole I don't drink to get drunk, and, you know, like Pastor K.O. said, now, you know, you you offering up excuses, you know, <laughs> to to people, to the pastors and things like that. You know, just say you want to get drunk. Just say you want to drink. You know, and just let the chips fall where they may. Because at the end of the day, regardless of what you say to pastor, that's still you and God. That's still a personal, one-to-one, personal um, relationship and an individual being you're going to have to answer to. It doesn't matter what you tell us as pastors. You still have to face God. And if you want to try to sell yourself on the fact that I can still drink as long as I don't get drunk because that's what the Bible says because the Bible also says other things such as like Shanti's read that particular Proverbs verse plus there are other verses 
that speak of, you know, this behavior or this mindset or, you know, the altering, you know. Many other verses are out there as well, but you want to babysit this one because it fits, you know, you and what you want to do. Well, at the end of the day, you know, do I really want to, you know, deal with God on that level? And for Stephanie, the answer is no. My thing is we're going to be doing a whole lot of other things that we really are not aware of that, and I don't mean this, you know, God winked at you in the time of ignorance, you know, so you you may get a pass on that. I mean, stuff that, you know, you, 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 you got to work on. Stuff that, you know, in the back of your head, you know, you really got to work on. You know that it really ain't right. There's, that's why I said, you know what, when people say, oh, well, only people go to church on Saturday are going to, you know, make it into heaven or make it into the kingdom. Listen, listen, here's the deal. I'd rather operate as though I need to do it and is right and God honor that than to see it, read it, and operate in the opposite because I'm then sold myself the idea that we really ain't got to do this thing. So if you're operating in this belief that because the Bible says that you can drink as long as you don't get drunk and you are a drunk, but that's how you operating and that's chargeable in God's eyes. See, I'm not willing to take those kind of chances. That's not me. I'd rather do it and let God say, well, you know what, at least that in her head, it was her best attempt. And this is what she was doing to try to honor me than for me to look at something and convince myself all around the map that, you know, we ain't really got to do that. I don't really have to do that. You know, what the Bible says this. No, 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 no. Those are not chances I'm willing to take. I'm listening to a daughter. I'm trying to figure out how we get here. I, I, I told y'all about that one time in college where they gave me the drink. It burnt my lip. It burnt my teeth. It burnt my, my, my gums. It burnt my tongue. It burnt my throat, my chest. All the way down, it burnt. Burnt my, I, I, I would never drink again. And I didn't realize what was going on at the time. And I was like, never again, never again, never again, never again, never again. But I look at a daughter who can tell these stories, and I'm like, how you get here? You ain't never seen that happening in the house. So, listen, it's out there. As Pastor Kale said, the doctor is giving you carte blanche. Go ahead, make it happen. That's a gateway for some people that you don't come back from, or it takes you a long time to come back from. Nah, 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 nah. Don't, don't, don't believe the hype. Do it God's way. Your temp, your body is a temple of holy. Ah, uh, I've gone past my. You've been listening to it's due time. We're about to shut down. Where are we at this point? Oh, let me thank my due time crew for coming through big time. As always, thank you for hanging out with us. Please do not miss this opportunity to get right with God. Make it right with God right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares with Wow Wednesday. Until then, I love you.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.